Welcome, Bridge Builders. This is part two of our episode with Christian Haglund. If you have not listened yet to part one of this episode, go back to episode 10 and listen to Christian's story and his upbringing and uh, the good things that we talked about there. In this second part, we talk more about how, as specifically as ex-members of the church, we can try to have a different mindset, perhaps, or view things in a different light. Um, I did want to clarify that this is just the experience of one ex-member of the church, and there are so many different stories, as many stories as there are for every person in the world, right? Um, And that not everyone's experience will be the same as this, nor should it be, necessarily. Um, People go through their own journeys, and as we like to say here, we're not the expert on anyone's journeys, but... I really like this conversation and where it went and with Christian and how it really helped me view things in a different light personally. And I just hope this helps people in whatever way it can. So take a listen. Um, Once again, give us your feedback at our email, ldsbridgebuilders at gmail.com. And we appreciate your, your support with this podcast that we're doing. So here's part two of this um, interview and we'll start it back up just with, Garrett's question that he posed to Christian. So we are rewinding just a little bit to the very, very tail end of part one of this episode. Coming from an ex-Mormon standpoint, I feel like there is a lot of collective anger uh, in that community against the church, perhaps, or against maybe wrongs that we feel like the church has done to us, or rather maybe the teachings, you know, Mm. maybe the teachings have made us feel guilty or like we're carrying these burdens or that we're never good enough or whatever it is, right? There's so many different reasons. But, you know, what I wonder is, you know, how, how can we sort of as ex-members begin to build this bridge and be able to accept and build relationships and community with those who are active and maybe see things through a dualistic lens, you know, mm. what are your thoughts on that? I know yeah. I spit yeah. a lot at you there. No, no, it, it's, uh, it, I think it's a tough task. To, yeah. It's, it's a tough task to, to bridge or build a bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I applaud you for trying and, and you should, and, and if nothing else, it, it, it's a cathartic experience for yourself to be able to, to try, to try and, <laughs> and, and able to like, because when you think about it and discuss it and, and you, you want to, to build something good here, then I, I believe that that makes you, it helps you, you know, heal. Yeah. Uh, but, but it, it's difficult because it's kind of like, I, 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 I believe that ex-members want to be validated. Everyone wants to be validated and be yeah. seen. And ex-members oftentimes want to be validated by members. Yeah. Please see me and ex- like yeah. acknowledge that I am correct. Yeah. Just like yeah. people believing in, like no matter what they're believing, they want to be reinforced in their beliefs. And they want to pat on the shoulder, like telling them that they're they're all on the right track and, and uh, nothing is amiss. No, what's, what's that saying from the second Nephi? All is well in Zion. You know, everyone wants to, to, to hear that and, and get that confirmation. And, and we can't give that to each other. 
yeah from these two camps if we like if we just if we want to be black and white here now yeah. the, the, the believing camp and the non-believing camp <laughs> right yeah and 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 I also think that if if you take it look at it from from James Fowler's stages of faith where he has these six stages and, and like a faith going from like the, the first which is like just the earliest kind of faith I'm not really very <laughs> fluent in in his language but the third phase stage of faith is the, the adolescent phase where where you need some kind of authority you need rules you need strict easy concepts to follow and then the next level up the fourth that's where it kind of like becomes weird because like in a third stage you like swimming around in this uh, you know this uh for fishes you know mm-hmm. the, the aquarium yeah yeah but you're not aware of the water or that there's a world outside the glass right so yeah. that's because like you're you're you have your set of rules and you know exactly what to do and where food is coming from and whatnot yeah. it seems to govern yeah it governs, yeah, yeah yeah exactly but then yeah. like on the stage four you kind of like jump up on the side of the glass mm. and you're like whoa <laughs> there's things happening outside of these these walls here and we're actually in water can you believe it you know yeah. and then like, the stage three is like no i can't because right. stage three can't encompass stage four yeah but stage they four encompasses stage three and yeah. so for five it encompasses stage four they yeah. can't they can't even begin to fathom that there might be something outside of their view worldview hmm. and and i think that's a, a very important concept to understand or like remember as an ex-mormon i thought about the other day and i i I read this quote about oftentimes we the things that we dislike the most about ourselves do we we detest in others Mm. and i really like believe that uh i i think that's that that it holds some some truth to that and and i thought about like why do i so not like the self-righteousness and the you know holier than thou mentality that i see among members of the church of jesus christ the latter-day saints why do i hate it so much <laughs> and i like, remember back like because that was me you yeah. know like like rewind a few years that was me totally i was willing to die rather than be wrong all right so i wasn't like i wasn't like in this to be comfortable uh i was in it because it was true and that was the most important thing for me it's true everything else secondary so i was totally dogmatic and i was totally unaware and totally unable to take in knowledge that contradicted my beliefs i remember this as a member of the bishopric visiting this brotherhood who was going off the deep end we talked about him a lot and his family that he was leading in australia and he was like into anti-mormon stuff and i was visited him i was pretty sure of myself like this we can handle this like he can't throw anything at me that that i can handle and then he spoke about this issue with church history and he just ran you know just like a goose you know the water just flowed right off me it didn't have anything like the things that he said i know now are correct like he was mm-hmm. totally factually correct. Mm-hmm. The, the issue that he was talking about is it's a big problem for the church and and yeah, it's truth claims of the church. Sure, sure. Um, but they had nothing on me, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was kind of like, 
it just it, it didn't have have anything to latch on to within me because I couldn't even start to consider the idea that I m- might be wrong, you know, and just hold that in my in my mind or in my heart. So it didn't have anything to latch on to. But now as I've listened, I've, I've like the last couple of months, I've, I've listened to this podcast that that has really opened my my eyes and my kind of like my heart also to the idea that things weren't as I thought they were pretty much that mm. put with this whole restoration idea and Joseph Smith and his calling and, and whatnot in a totally different light. And, and uh, yeah, so then that's been, that's, that, that's brought with it some hard, hard times, but, um, but if if a person isn't ready to consider themselves to be wrong, then there's nothing really you can do. It's kind of like this mm. this guy yeah. that yeah. if you can't reason a person out of something they didn't reason themselves into. So for most members, facts aren't the, the driving force. Yeah, logic isn't like what what keeps them in the church. It's mm. their feelings, it's their experiences, and and the way that we interpret all these experiences and feelings are very. Now, confirmation bias, you know, everything that you experience, you, you interpret the lens of you being in the right. You know, yeah. I had the truth and what I'm feeling is a confirmation of that. And, and it can be nothing else. Yeah. It almost feels like the only way you can build a bridge is, is I mean, there's no, there's probably few logical points where you could build a bridge on, but or validating points, perhaps. The only thing you could really do is is kind of going back to your accepting what is is like I accept that 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 is something that they're passionate and faithful about. Yeah, and I can I can accept that this person is is trying their best to lead a life of light, mm. as am I, and maybe we can bond on that. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. yeah there, there is no bridge building when you're dogmatic. Yeah. Like it's right and wrong. Yeah, yeah. It, it can't be because you're, like you're, you're burning bridges. <laughs> yeah, the, the bridge <laughs> is is built in the tree of life, and if you are as a member, like a bridge builder, is 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 still like you're still in the tree of knowledge, then then there can be no bridge built. Yeah, yeah. And, and and yeah, I was gonna say it's like counterproductive, right? Like I've noticed this with myself over the past eight months or whatever. Um for me, like my journey included a lot of the truth claims and a lot of the historicity of the church and facts and stuff like that, you know? Um, but I've noticed that as well. Cause like people, they hold on to what they have felt more than what like makes sense logically in a lot of ways. And I think this is true, not even just in religion, right? It's true in all kinds of things, but, um, you can't, yeah. You can't reason someone out of their beliefs in either way, right? Like you can't, I mean, members of the church wholeheartedly accept this as well. Like people aren't baptized in the church because, you know, oh, Joseph Smith revealed the word of wisdom and knew all these things about tobacco years before we even knew like about tobacco, you know, like it's all about like feeling and stuff like that. And leaving the church or joining it, it it goes both ways. Right. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things and takeaways from this conversation I'm feeling is just like the way that people feel about stuff is so valid. And that's where you have to connect with someone. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and like in a total acceptance that their experience is 
equally true. And we, we like you get to the point where, where you have to just accept that a person's life, just as Garrett said here, a person's life and ambition and, and like striving to, to live a life in light and love is is good even though it might take like even if it might start from or even if it's based on stories that aren't true sure yeah yeah like that, that it's not reality if you look at the bible i'm not a bible scholar in any way shape or form but i've learned that you know, the books of Moses were written by Moses. Right. They died like thousand, like fifteen hundred years after Moses lived. And and that's a problem, you know, <laughs> that there are huge problems with the, the biblical narrative. Right. But taking like if you just leave let it be like a metaphor or an allegory or anything like that, then or a parable then it holds value you know jesus mm -hmm. came and uh, is reported to have shared sh like shared uh shared yeah so. yeah how would you say that he has shared yeah, yeah. He, he shared <laughs> he, he shared his teachings through parables so he told stories that aren't true to convey yeah. truths which right. is a that way of doing it because yeah. no th there is no lost son there is no lost sheep there is yeah. no this or there Turtles is no that. Or, yeah, there is no like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it doesn't exist. Yeah. But the stories happen all the time because we're all lost. We're all prodigal sons. We're all lost coins. We're, you know, so so it's true. And, and if you view the, the story of the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve, like I don't believe it's factual or that it's history. It's It's a story. But... It's true because it happens all the time. It's the yeah. story of our life, right. our progress from this dualistic mindset of judging ourselves and, and ourselves and others into the past the, the sentinels and, and the flaming sword that cuts the, the untruths from our, our eyes, like our minds and, and hearts uh, into the tree of life where we can be one with not just each other and, and ourselves, but also with what is with God. Yeah. And and I believe that that's totally valuable. Maybe we should cut that out. I, I was going somewhere. No. What I was talking about. No, that's I I love that no, because like, no, it's like yeah, 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 yeah. So the story of Adam and Eve isn't factual from my point of view, but it's true. Yeah. Right. Yeah, a person experience. You know, someone standing in public, like crying because they feel the spirit so much when they talk about whatever. That's true for them, mm -hmm. and if I can accept that and not judging them because I know better because I studied the yeah. history of this and this and this, <clears throat> then I can understand and I also see that that was me. Yeah. That I am that person, not right. just because we're all a part of God, yeah. but because I was that person yeah. ten years ago. Yeah. And that person 10 years ago was doing the best they could to live a life. Yeah. Just like I did. Yeah. And I don't know why it's probably just because of my career, I guess, but my, my mind is going towards mental illness where it's like, you know, I, I'm just thinking about when, when I'm was getting my training for my profession in mental health, 
whenever somebody who's hallucinating, if you're discussing something with them and they are very, very sure that they, what they are seeing is actually happening, right? They're, they're in this paranoid hallucinative kind of state and you're not supposed to buy into it. You're not supposed to say like, oh yeah, 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 I see it too. You know, but you're supposed to say something to the effect of, I believe that you are seeing that. Mm. Yeah, I, I believe that I believe you I believe yeah. that your yeah, reality yeah. is true for you. Yeah, you know, right. and my reality is true for me. And I really, know that what really quick, is, Garrett. Yeah, not, I just want to make like the disclaimer, like we're not saying that religiosity or believing in something is like a mental illness. Like I could yes, see people taking it. that in a, wrong, Sorry, in a wrong light, you know, but yeah, I was, <laughs> I was yeah, I was going to add that caveat in there. but. <laughs> You're good. Keep going. Keep going. I just want to make sure people uh, don't feel that way. Delusional here. But I think that 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 sort of that ability to be able to reach across uh, the spiritual aisle, you know, I think can can apply where it's like, hey, I I don't see I I don't see the same way you do. Right. But I I can accept and I can accept you. I can accept that you believe that I can accept that you're experiencing that. And I think that that can be applied both ways, right? Sure. People who are in the church who really believe in what they're believing and those who are out of the church believe what they believe, right? You can, you can accept each other for faith value, not necessarily having to buy into their beliefs. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think that's a good, good parallel. Uh, Yeah. And, and and when I had this experience of letting go of judgment, I, I felt like, well, I can become, I, I can be a part of the church. And I, I was pretty much out, but I was like, I want to be a part of the church again. I want to have a calling. I want to be active because I feel rehabilitated in a way. I, I can be a part of this. I don't have to judge what people are saying or doing. I don't have to judge the church's history for being what it is. That is what it is, but I can be here because it, it it's a place full of people that I know and that I care about. Yeah. And that I can I can uh, give from my talents to this group of people, and I believe that I can provide or give something that's valuable. And and I you know I I got my temper recommend back because I lost it. Uh, yeah, I got my temper recommend back. Um, the stake president received a, a a clear impression that it's okay for me to have my temper recommend back. This is so, recently. No, this is like, uh, like I said, twenty seven. Twenty seven. Okay, yeah. Okay. So so yeah. God has said it's okay that I have my temper recommend. Just mm. for the record. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I got it back. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then I wanted to get a calling, but things didn't really work out. My my bishop had a hard time, you know, dealing with with my uh, with me. And then eventually he took my temper coming away. I didn't get a calling. And then I was kind of like, all right, well, I I gave it a shot. Yeah. Uh I tried my best to participate I, yeah. with this new way of thinking. Yeah, perhaps. I did. Um, I did. And yeah. then I just like, well, um, I guess I'm out of here. My wife started like started to not attend church and, and my kids never wanted to. And, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. And I felt like when I grew up, I felt kind of forced now, like I wasn't really allowed to, to not go to church. Um, so I kind of like, yeah, and then like that summer 2017. No, that was after. Yeah, 2018. I started going through therapy and stuff. Yeah. And, and that really helped me like sort through 
how I related to the church and that I was uh, guilt and shame driven, fear driven. And, and that eventually led me to a place where I understood that if I'm ever going to go back to church, I'm, I'm going to have to do it from a totally different place than I'd been. And in, in, if, if I do that, I want to do it like from a clean slate and I don't want to just be able to, you know, call my bishop and say that I'm, oh, I'm active again. Just give me a, a calling and I'm, I'm good to go. I want to like to do, do it the right way and like get baptized and like, yeah, becoming a member like for real. And uh, so I, in, in February of 2020, I, I resigned my membership. So yeah, I'm not a Mormon. And things like if, if, if someone would have told me that 10 years ago, you know, I would have told him that, well, you, you'd better shoot me now. Yeah. <laughs> but that was like that. I did I, there was no, there was no alternative for me. Like mm-hmm. finding purpose in life mm-hmm. or, you know, being happy or like there, there, there was no alternative mm-hmm. at all. So it was either the church or death. You know? And can I ask, I mean, I, I, I just wanted to cover a couple of things here before maybe wrapping up, but I mean, no, we uh, can keep going. Yeah, <laughs> we might make this. We might make yeah. this episode into two parts. But yeah, um, I'm yeah, loving like what we're talking about. So yeah, yeah, me too. Um, yeah, I mean, how, how do you feel now? I mean, I, I know that, and I, I guess I should specify it. So before you had doubts and that kind of thing, right? Like, I, how would you say your quality of life, your your happiness, that kind of thing? You know, compares to how you feel now, now that you've resigned your membership from the church, that kind of thing, you know, do you, do you, yeah. Do you, do you feel like you have your answers or do you feel like, nah, you know, I'm still searching. No, I'm, I'm not searching. I've been searching and striving to know all my life. I accept not knowing I have, you know, ideas of how things are tied together, but I, I don't have to have any answers. There's this, song that i've listened to uh, a lot many times it's it's from this swedish group called kent uh, and and at the end he, he sings i could be wrong what if i'm wrong mm. and it's just so powerful um and this this whole idea like just accepting that i don't know everything and when max gausen talks about the illusion of conclusion you know i totally buy that i accept that you know whenever we think that we know something we don't mm, right and, and and when it comes to like happiness i'm i'm really i've had really had a hard time you know saying that i'm happy because i've always felt like this hypocrite you know i should be happy in the church i should be happy uh, like joyful and and all that but i've never really felt that you know being in the church you know of course when you go on your home teaching assignments or you give a talk that's appreciated by people of course you feel content to some extent of mm-hmm. course but i never really was happy in a, like in a in a non-forced way mm-hmm. uh now i don't know if i'm happier i yes i am but i'm more content mm-hmm. i'm more at peace. at peace and at uh, ease yeah. where I'm at. And, yeah. and that's, and that helps me like can live in the present and 
and also e experiencing the now instead of you know hoping to become saved somewhere down the line if i'm if i'm able to do x y and z uh, to, in a perfect way so i'm more content with where who i am where i'm at and how things around me are i'm not near perfect in any of those regards but i i feel like life is is better uh yeah life you can is enjoy better. it a bit more you're focused more on what's going on yeah and still like 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 this i've had periods where i'm just like ah, i i don't i want to play golf mm -hmm. or i want to just read a book or watch netflix not to exclude any other streaming service <laughs> uh, put, put, make that clear um so so of course i have to add those you know, I'm still like suffering from this lack or like this burnoutness. I don't have the same energy I used to have. Like, and it's ten years since I've kind of burnt out. Yeah. Um. So so kind of that that affects. And then I have four children. I I love them, uh, but I don't always love to have children. Yeah. And and you know that's a totally different discussion. But but like just you know this this concept of like starting a big family when you're young. It's 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 a good place to be now when I'm just turning forty. My my oldest is thirteen, and and like they're starting to get old enough, so my wife and I can go places by ourselves, yeah, without having to, to arrange a babysitter or they they can take care of themselves. And that's a good place to be, you know, since I'm still young and I can still play, you know, sports and whatnot. Uh, but was it my decision to get all those kids to marry young? Mm, I don't know. There yeah. was no alternative, you know, sexually yeah. frustrated youth, like, yes. like a young man, what are you to do? You know, you marry, you know, there, there's no alternative, just yeah. like there was no alternative to, to leave on a mission. So the, it was my choice, but I didn't have any choices. It wasn't, it wasn't a free choice. Right. It was I did, I made heavily it. influenced, right? Heavily influenced, for sure. There's and, a lot of fear loaded into that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That and, and, and I don't, I don't resent that. I'm just stating that I, I it would have been a really good thing to feel emancipated or enough to be able to to make your own decisions because you wanted it. And I think that I would have enjoyed, you know, having kids more. True. I was 26 when I first born, was born, and that that's not very. I, I wasn't very young, mm -hmm. but I wasn't really like all into it. You know, I have friends that that waited, you know, seven eight years with getting like getting children and. And they're like, oh, it's the best thing. You know, I've never really felt that. And but still, I love my children and they're great human beings. And 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 uh, they they challenge me and I challenge them. So so it's it's all good, but you know, this this idea of just choosing your own life, that's not really been my experience, even though I've made all the decisions. So yeah, sure. paradox of choice, not choice, but mm. <laughs> that's that's a, a nice way to put it. And now that you feel like you're, you are emancipated more or less, what kind of life do you feel like you want to choose? Or do you feel like that's still up, yeah. up in the air, you know? Yeah. It feels like I'm not really started living, you know, pretty much, but of course I am. It, this, this whole reminds me of, 
of this this artist in Sweden. Like he he, he really puts people in two camps. I'm I'm in the I love him camp. <laughs> Check him out on on Spotify. Håkan Hellström. Uh, he, he's a really good good guy. He's not the best singer, but but yeah. Uh, in, in one of his songs, like he has the line that people say that my my music sucks, mm. but I told them at least they have something to do while I wait. Yeah, mm. and and I really like that um, because. It lets you live in the present, like, and you can make songs and it's, maybe they're not perfect. Not everyone loves them, but, you know, you do something that you enjoy or you, you enjoy what you do while you're doing it until, you know, one day you might get this prompting from, you know, the God or like the, the entity that gives energy and life to all of existence that really sets you on a different course that, you know, some kind of higher purpose. But until then, you know, what you're doing, it, it could still be meaningful. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I try to live in that, in that, you know, s- space of mind and just, you know, okay, I, I might not work like as a lawyer, you know, all my life. But as of now, uh, well, if I'm waiting for something, you know, Else for the right thing yeah, yeah, to come yeah. along, or yeah. to hit me over the head and for God to guide me, I can do this and I can do it well and I can enjoy it because there are good aspects of it here mm. now. Mm. So that's that's kind of like uh, you know living my life. Yeah, it's it's good. Um, I enjoy it. Um, but then, like, of course, there are aspects of from the church that I miss. You know, this being a priesthood holder and like having this like ladder to climb in the church and, and like. And there was having, some ambition there, perhaps. Yeah, and, and the, the social aspect, you know, being like in the group, you know, having the same framework and having the same experiences and like community and stuff. Yeah, it, it's it's really important for people to to have that, and I understand that, and that's also an, an important aspect, and I, I believe that many ex Mormons. Ex- know this because they've experienced it the the total you know deconstructing not just your beliefs but also the the social <clears throat> like the social context that you have and but also like the existential like ideas of who am i what's my purpose where do i go from here all those ideas that like i was a member and now I'm not and what now and those those questions are hard and 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 they can be like life shattering you know you have this idea of being sealed in the temple and living together with your family forever and then you start questioning priesthood keys that can like that can cause you to be depressed because you, what's to hope for for the eternities yeah. yeah when the bar was set pretty high yeah you know so how do how do you move on from that and 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 it really it's it's a killer and it's like many people say that like going through a faith transition and <clears throat> faith crisis it's like uh like it's like experience uh, so, someone's death you know the passing of a loved one but i would say that it's the passing of yourself or like your idea of who you are because you have to give up this the, the ego in that sense because mm-hmm. you're not that person anymore you don't have those hopes expectations and that place in the world as you, you used to have. 
And that can happen pretty abruptly too. It can. Is uh, also unique, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like a Google search and then you're done for, you know? (laughs) Farther away than that, like a few few strokes on the keyboard and and you're done for. So, and and that can just take you down the rabbit hole and yeah, it can be a a killer and, and it can be a tough one. And we need to we need to acknowledge that I believe from from, from our camp, you know, of the of the the Mormon uh, belief spectrum, uh, that we can't push stuff up in people's faces to vindicate our own feelings of betrayal and and sadness, because like people don't <laughs> appreciate that they can't really accept what we're saying and and it's a totally douchey thing to do mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah and then I, I felt like that i want to like just scream at people like don't you and <laughs> this and this and this yeah be like a reverse but, but who, yeah who <laughs> yeah. but like who am i doing that for yeah yeah right. not for that. yeah people i think it's important to be like I, I don't know i'm learning more about and seeing things on social media recently and whatnot like I kind of don't like the language of like, you can't do something like we're like content police of some sort as if it's such a thing. But I do think it's not as productive in this bridge building like theme that we have, you know, like just to, to shout at people like, did you know X, Y, and Z about the church or about Joseph Smith or whatever? It's just, it's, I don't know, like the truth claims. And I really like what we're doing with our podcast where we don't discuss truth claims because I think they are important and it's, like important that there's podcasts and other media outlets that talk about those because the church does fall heavily on a lot of the claims that it has. Right. But, um, in the grand scheme of things and like moving on, like, I think that's just like a step. It's almost like a step in deconstruction is a step in someone's faith journey is taking those truth claims, like learning about them, coming to your conclusions about it. And then, okay, now what are we going to do about it? And I think that's, that was the inspiration for this podcast for me, at least is like, okay, now what are we going to do about, these issues because people are falling away from the church left and right, at least it seems. And how do we come together rather than try to dig in deeper and prove that the church is true or prove that it's false? I think it's, yeah. it's I, I, I not productive. That, right. And and it's, it's a tree of knowledge yeah, issue. Exactly. Yeah. Or fault. Like it, it's, it's in like, if, as in, in this says in the DNC 88 or 84 or somewhere around there that everything is in God and through God and, and whatnot, you know? So there, there's no thing in this existence that is outside of God, whatever God is, you know, if God is sitting on his throne, he holds the total of existence in his hand, which means that everything is in there, mm-hmm. you know, evil, <clears throat> genocide, racism, the church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints, you know, different American football clubs or in like whatever, you know, politics, you know, everything is there. And, and, and there is no, there is no healing in the tree of knowledge because it would always create camps of you, we, you and I, or like we, we and them mm-hmm. and, and not productive. And many people, and I've, I've seen this in myself and I really tried to combat it. It's, it's, it's really easy to be dogmatic because it's really easy to be in the tree of knowledge of good and evil uh, because it d- doesn't make any demands of you. 
Uh, so if you're dogmatic, even if it's from a pro-church standpoint, or if it's from an anti or like church is wrong standpoint, mm-hmm. then you can find no common ground uh, there. I, I believe it's totally impossible. Right. And, and have you won anything when you're dogmatic? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, have you grown? No, yeah. you have not. You're still doing Do you the feel same thing. Better, you know, after yeah. talking to somebody, you might feel throwing yeah. it all in their face. You yeah, know? yeah. Because yeah. now you you know more. You have more truth because you know yeah. that's that that what you believe isn't true. But yeah. have you won anything as a as a person or as as a as a part of God or a child of God? Uh, I, I would say no. You're still dogmatic and you're still in the tree of knowledge. And and for me, that's that's kind of like how I try to view it. Like, in which tree am I when I'm doing this? Yeah, we need to move to the tree of life, which is accept acceptance of what is. Yeah, and that that's where you build bridges, and and it's a to- it's a different difficult place to to come to. But the thing is that we're already there, and that's the paradox because we don't have to go. <laughs> we don't have like we're never away. We weren't. We were never fallen to begin be, to begin with. And that kind of sets it all in a different light, you know? Yeah. We don't yeah it's like the, the tree of knowledge in the story of Adam and Eve is it's a necessary step, right? In the journey for them. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like it's, I think we can all recognize both members and ex-members, like that allegory, that story, literal or not, like that tree was an important step, but it's something that you need to move past. Yeah. So it's definitely not for, like when we, when we're talking about like, you know, talking about the dogma and all that stuff, like it's not from a place of shame, like, you know, no, 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 you definitely know, not. Sure, but you shouldn't judge it. Like, right, even right. if might be, you're living in resistance to what is, yeah, you shouldn't judge it because it has its place. It's mm-hmm. like, if you, if you look at, look at it through, like, if you have this, this parable or metaphor, of, like if you use traffic, you know, when, when you, we, when you're out in the traffic with your children, you like, you push the, the button to, to cross the street and you just wait for the, the, the green man to show up. Yeah. And you tell children that, that in under no circumstances, are you allowed to cross the street anywhere else than on a crossing mm-hmm. and you have to wait for the green light to show up. And you're not allowed to do, you know, you have all these very specific and very hard rules that you're really adamant about. Right. And share them with them and you expect them to, to obey and, and they should obey because it's for their best. All right. So you have that situation. And like when you start driving, like uh, as a 15, 16 year old, you're like, like, okay, keep the, the limits here. Like you don't go above 50 miles per hour. And you like, you use your signals and you, you do whatever, like you keep the rules like perfectly. But as, as mother Teresa allegedly has said that learn the rules so well that, so you know, how, know how and when to break them. Yeah. And when, when we cross the street, you know, we, we cross the street wherever we want because we know how to read the flow of traffic. Right. We know where to look so we can be more free with regards to how we act in the traffic and we can drive, we can speed because everyone else is speeding. <clears throat> we understand that it's better to be in flow with the other commuters than to, you know, just drive 20, 20 miles uh, slower and, and right. be a uh, to others. So that there you have the flow aspect and the, like the, the tree of life where, where the rules are that necessary 
you, you follow them because you know how important it is, but you don't have to follow them as strictly as you do as a child. Right. And that's not like a difference between living in the tree of knowledge that it has its place with rules. But as yeah. you grow older, you, you become, you come into the light, into the flow, and then you aren't, of course, like if the police catch you, they, they will, you know, sentence you to whatever, even if you've, you know, you, you can't even say that. Well, I'm in flow. I'm an adult. <laughs> I can speed if yeah. I want. Good point. But, Good point. but like if you're, if you're living in the tree of life, you will not do, other, do harm to other people. So the, the laws of like the laws like implemented to protect other people, they don't apply to you because they are outside the realm of what you are capable of doing. So there is no law for a person who lives in the tree of life, but the law is for those persons, those who live in the tree of knowledge, because they haven't learned how to live in harmony with other people or even with yeah. themselves. So, so there is a place for both of these trees. And as Paul said in, in one of his epistles that everything is lawful unto me, but not all things are expedient. And I believe that that's the, he talks about those in the tree of life because they can do whatever they want because what they want is always good. So there is no law in love, you know? Yeah. Yes, that that idea, like it's, it's all over the scriptures, and 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 like Max Gausser really helped me to to see it and appreciate it in a totally different way. And and I'm yeah, he he's he's passed on now, but but his his legacy lives on in, in me at least. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's been excellent to yeah and talk all and I and maybe I don't know, Mitch, we could we could. I don't know if we uh, have more than enough material to to split this into two episodes or if we should do another recording or not. Uh, but I, I wanted to see if we could kind of talk just briefly on it as we're kind of wrapping up here. Maybe this is the final subject we touch on. Um, but if you had any you know recommendations for those who are out of the church and who are trying to find, you know, their way to make peace with the church, uh, not necessarily like you were trying to participate or join back in. Right. But just be able to kind of maybe let go of some of that anger, that, that, that validation seeking, you know, kind of behavior. Um, and yeah. And, and how to also love the members who are active in, in, in a way of bridge building, if that makes yeah. sense. It's like a thousand dollar question. Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of what we talked about is yeah, yeah, the recommendation. It, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, it is. You know, the, it's the a hard question. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, and the thing's like you you can't you can't force development. It will come. And but you can stifle it. Mm. So yeah. it, like you you can't really I can say like, yeah, you, you should like, I'm going to link, I put, a, put up a link to Max Gausson's thing and I'm going to like read this and this and this author. You know, I have a set of authors that I really like that changed my life and I could just point other people to them like, and they, they experience nothing. Yeah. You know, when I had this experience of listening to, to, to this Gausson tape, I was like, you gotta listen to this. So yeah. I sent it to a bunch of people and like, mm, no one really cared. Yeah. It didn't really hit home at all with them because yeah. it hit me like in a way because it found me mm -hmm. i felt drawn to it but i couldn't really 
proselytize it. Yeah, yeah. And and you know if I guess that if if we feel a need for change, a, a new perspective on the world, you have to get new input. Mm. You can't read the same things. You can't listen to the same things. Or think the same thoughts and and try to and again believe that you will get a different outcome. You know, yeah, yeah. like the Albert Einstein quote, like only an idiot would try to do the same thing and expect a different outcome. <laughs> and yeah. and I can't really like it's hard to say like what should I person listen to? You know, I don't know. I didn't yeah. know what I needed until it until you it know came. it just showed up. And maybe what I'm maybe what I'm kind of get, extrapolating here is as a takeaway at least for me, maybe not necessarily for anyone else, but just thinking out loud here is that when you try to just accept yourself, you know, and accept your situation, that this, this kind of calm, this peace, this inner peace kind of starts to be, to unfold and there your direction comes or there your answers come just kind of learning from your sort of life story up to this point. Like you, you kind of, things sort of fell into your lap more or less as you just sort of tried to be in each situation that you were in. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's, that's a good way to, to explain it. I, I, I haven't sought out, you know, things like people haven't like recommended, Oh, you should do this so you can experience change. You know, Max Gausson, like stuff has come up and like, Oh, this book is like, Oh, I'm, I feel drawn to this or this other thing. Like, and, and, and those things have have really influenced me. I I believe that there are some ideas that everyone kind of need, needs, need to come, needs to come uh, incorporate into their, their, you know, existence. And, and I believe that Eckhart Tolle is, is one of those, you know, he doesn't speak to everyone, mm. but what he has to say is, is really, is life-changing. Um, so I believe that, that his writings and, I, and, you know, I've, I've read a lot about from Brene Brown talks a lot about shame and living a vulnerable life. Yeah. And then the Richard Rohr, this Franciscan monk, or yeah, I think he's a monk. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, he's awesome. Then you also have this this moral, it's like a moral psychologist, Jonathan mm-hmm. Haidt wrote about the righteous mind, about why good people, you know, have different opinions in religious and politics. It's really it's a, a great book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Max Gausson. But then just talking to good people, you know, where we can discuss these ideas. And you, you have to get a different view of, of life, I believe. You got to get out of the dogmatic right or wrong perspective and, and be more in the present, you know, experiencing the power of, of now and, and just enjoying life and existence. And that's kind of like what the church teaches that God is, you know, God is in the ever present moment of now. Yeah. So when we do live in the present and we accept what is, then I guess we are as close to eternity as we've ever been. I like that. Yeah, me too. Well, thanks, Christian. I think, yeah, we've been going for about two hours now, so we'll definitely make this into a two-part episode and 
Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I, I love talking about these things. Uh, no, I, I could honestly keep going for another hour. If I didn't have other <laughs> obligations, I would go for another hour, I would say. <laughs> but so much thing I feel like as well for Christian and I, because I mean, known you for eight years ish. And, okay. you know, it's, it's like, uh, I mean, weeks and weeks of conversations that I'm trying to, to rehash. Yeah. <laughs> almost yeah. Right. And it's span, you know, and, um, but, but I think we've found some nuggets, some gold nuggets here that we can, uh, that hopefully help those who are trying to build their own bridges with others, uh, in their lives, whatever side of the spectrum, uh, they are. Um, and, and especially, you know, focusing more of this episode or these episodes on, um, the ex Mormon type of perspective and how to, build bridges and lead a good life and that kind of thing. I mean, I, I, I personally have been enriched by this discussion. So yeah, thank yeah, you. Same. Hey, just one, one thought that came to me is that if we want to build bridges, we need to heal ourselves. Not that we heal ourselves, but we need to be healed yeah. from whatever, whatever, you know, wounds that we're carrying. And I believe that that healing is found in the tree of life. You know, if, if metaphorically speaking, we we will find what we're looking for in a place w- that we like. Yeah, we we will find it where it's always been, and it's within us. And and I I think that just you know waking up to that reality yeah that was the name of the book i wrote waking up to god hmm. yeah that was the name there of it is. yeah <laughs> that's that's what i felt that that's I woke. the one in swedish yeah yeah it's from yeah. alma five that they awoke unto god yeah. that's that's it's from there <laughs> yeah so so healing is in the in the tree of life and living in the moment accepting what is and then doing all you can to change the 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 reality that needs to be changed you know, we don't have to accept things that are bad. If it's bad, change it, but accept it as it is now. And then you move from there. Yeah. And it's hard like this, like it's easy to say. Yeah. Yeah, totally. If I think when the rubber hits the road. So, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, I believe in the, the idea and I feel that it had really done a significant change in my life and, and within me. And and I believe that it will do for for other people as well. Um, so good luck moving forward to you, Karen, and to you, Mitch, and, and all the listeners. No, thank you. Well, yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I was just waiting for that one. Yeah, <laughs> where, where are you going? Yeah, 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 don't, don't leave me hanging, man. Don't leave me <laughs> well, thanks, so, Christian. I think we'll end the conversation here. But yeah. yeah, this has been super enlightening for me. I can't tell you. Like how much I've just like been thinking about my own circumstances during this last two hour block and yeah, we'll, we'll, we're we'll moving forward. So speak again, and it's really uh, I really enjoy these discussions when 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 the idea kind of like sinks in and it's like ah oh, this this pertains to me as well. Yeah, and, and I'd love to hear you know success stories and and you know the struggles that that is in, that that comes up in the wake of of trying to be more awake mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um oh yeah just drop me a line or two and then we'll, we'll chat more definitely well cool 
All right. Well, thank you to our listeners. Um, this is going to be our first episode in our, I guess you could call it our second season or first two episodes. Um, and yeah, be sure to share this with someone if you feel like it would be helpful for them and their circumstances. And we appreciate all your support. So, and thanks again, Christian, for. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. It's been a privilege.